He cares for you. He knows everything about you. And just like the tattoo, just like the conversation at Starbucks, I think if there's any message that we can get across on this Resurrection Sunday, it's that God has come and that he has done for us what we could never do for ourselves. And I want to I bring something very keenly to you. We're going to look at a few key things that God does for us on Resurrection Sunday that we just sometimes can't do for ourselves. And it's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, that we begin to see the story of the Passover, which we've been discussing for weeks, played out and explained. And they go on from chapter 3 all the way into 10 and 11 to describe the exodus of the people of God, that you have been liberated from what you went through. And the, and the recurring theme is, do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. Come back to me. I love you. And, and it's beautiful. And then Paul comes to this point, or maybe it's not Paul, maybe it's, it could be Apollos, we don't know. But the writer of Hebrews comes and he says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great high priest who's over the whole house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled and cleansed from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with the pure water, which is the word. And then, then he goes on to say, let us hold unswervingly to our profession or hope that we profess. It's more than a tattoo, hope. It's a hope. It's a, it's a depth of knowing. Because he who promised is what? Faithful. Faithful. And I, I, I am amazed at that. We have a confidence, a firm foundation. There's a lot to be said about confidence these days, right? Oh, I hope you gain your confidence. You can try to muster up as much confidence as you can. And sometimes that's important, but you'll never have the true confidence until you have the true understanding that what Christ did for you gives you confidence. Parousia, freedom. The reason I can say Happy Easter is because I have a freedom, a confidence of speech. I have an openness. You guys are like, you're too open, Nathan. You're way too open. But there's an openness that God brings to us, a boldness that we have. Why? Because Christ has died. Christ has resurrected. Christ is risen. And what happens in that openness? Well, conversations happen. We were at Paulina's uh, on Friday with some dear friends of ours from Aberdeenshire and uh, got in a conversation with a... With a, with a guy there, and we were chatting. And we didn't have a lot of time to sit and chat. I knew that. So we, went, we got right into the conversation about Jesus. Nathan, you truly are mad. You truly are. No, yes, I am, actually. I'll admit it at this point in time. Um, why? Because I have a confidence that, you know what? God can bring to your life, to my life, something that I can't bring. He has the power. The, it's not an ideology. It's not a philosophy. It's not my own thoughts. It's God. My confidence is in what he has done for us on the cross. My confidence is in him. 
If it was something I had to work up, or I would be shaken at every moment. Why? Because the things of this world are difficult. And we, I think in the last month, we've realized how hard life can be. And yet, God has given us confidence. And I want to share this with you. I got, I got this message today. Um, many of you have been coming. You know, you've, you've seen the videos of Luda who was, she was a minister's wife in Kharkov. She's an old friend. She was my translator when we were in, the U, in Ukraine. Um, she sends me messages, and she's made it way, all the way to um, Czech Republic. We're, we're sponsoring her. We're making sure that she's housed. Uh, her parents have now arrived. Praise the Lord. After two days of journeys on trains in Ukraine, um, we praise God for that. But this is what she wrote to us as a church today, and I praise God for it. She wrote this. She Sorry, hold on one second. She wrote, Christ is risen, and this gives us hope in the midst of our darkest times. We have joy that overcomes fear and hopes that takes us through the hardships. Blessings to you and your church and your family on this special day. Amen. Amen. You can clap. Not only do we have confidence, not only do we have confidence, but God has made a new and living way. He's opened it to us through the body. Um, essentially, the Matthew says this, he yielded up his spirit. The veil of the temple has been torn, which means we can walk in. The earthquake, the rocks split, the tombs opened, the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised to, to life. And Jesus' resurrection had come. And guess what? They appeared. They appeared before the people. The curtain was torn. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Not height, nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers. None of your struggles, the, the struggles of Ukraine, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And that is good news. And for the born-again Christian, when you look into an eye of someone, Yasek, uh, when I look at you, uh, Bon, when I look at you, we may not sometimes speak the same language. Your heart language is, is Polish. But guess what? Whether you're around the world or whether you're in Dundee, when you look at each other in the eyes, you know not only do you have confidence, but you have a new way. And that way has drawn you together, and you walk along the road together, and you seek the Lord. And the Lord, the Lord meets us. We have a new and living way. A new powerful way to walk with God. He's cleansed us. That's what it says. He cleansed us. He's sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. The sins that so easily ensnare us are done. They have been nailed to the cross. What we have made beautiful was not beautiful, but it is now beautiful. Because God has made a way. God has strengthened us. He has called us. The testimony you gave, Elaine, the testimony you've given is a testimony of truth that God is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He cares for us. And we celebrate that truth today. He has liberated us by the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. I can stand today confident that God has redeemed me. He has saved me. He loves me. And that's confidence. 
That's the confidence that will not be shaken. No matter what happens in my life, I know that God is with me. I know that God is with you if you know him. He has sprinkled you and he has cleansed you. But my agreement is my agreement. See, the word that he uses there is you have to profess. Profess and confess. Profess and confess. Homologia. It's two Greek words combined. Being human agrees with the word. When we come together and we agree, we profess, we confess that God is able, that God is true, that God is righteous. And the implications are clear. That we agree with God that he loves us. That we agree that God is merciful. We agree that God is faithful. We agree that God gives grace. We agree that God forgives. And this is the beauty of the resurrection. That God has forgiven us. I no longer have to walk in fear. I love the song. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a child of God. What do we confess? Well, we confess exactly that. Jesus said this. Paul says it even. He, he, he puts it together. He says this. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Jesus was way more clear on confession than maybe we were, and maybe that we want to agree. Jesus put it this way, if you confess me or you profess me before men on earth, I'll profess you before my Father who's in heaven. There's something powerful about saying the name of Jesus, because there's power in the name of Jesus. We won't sing it. Come on, Ellie, I'll sing it. (laughs) There is power in the name of Jesus. Come on, guys. You guys, come on. We got to sing on Easter. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. Don't laugh at me. Our confession is accompanied by the good news that Jesus Christ has died. He has risen, and he has risen indeed. And if you believe in that, your chains are broken. You can walk in newness of life, and there is a new way. And I want to say this to you, that when we make confession, Paul tells young Timothy, fight the faith, take hold of eternal life. You were called when you made a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. That's what Paul says to young Timothy, who would become the the pinnacle of the church of Ephesus. Hebrews 1 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, God and partners who called you to heaven, think carefully about this Jesus and confess that he is the high priest. I'll never forget as I close and we move into a time of taking communion together. Um, I've shared this before, 
But I'll never forget reading for the first time the allegory of Pilgrim's Progress written by Reverend John Bunyan. It's my favorite book. I read it to the girls when they were little. Um, it's my favorite book of all time outside the Bible. And the story goes um, like this. There's a fictional character called Christian who's carrying a burden on his back. And he begins to feel the heavy load. And his, maybe it's his conscience starting to, to weigh up on him. And he desires with urgency to leave the city of destruction, to journey towards the celestial city, whereby he will experience many trials. And if this isn't a picture of life, I don't know what is. Whether it's sickness, death, healing, whatever it may be, divorce, God is able He's on a journey with you, and he's walking, and Christian moves, and he falls into the slough of despondence, and he meets another man called Evangelist who shares with him the good news and says, go towards the wicked gate. He flees the fiery darts of the wicked one, entering in the wicked gate. He visits the cross, obviously losing his burden. Christian then stays in the house of the interpreter with the Holy Spirit coming to him and strengthening him, and he's given a scroll a passport, if you will, a lifeline, not unlike those that we're giving to Ukraine. Come. And in this episode, Christian travels down the road, and he meets another traveler. And we all have these people in our lives. We are walking with people all the time. It's a lad, and his name is called Ignorance, who believes that he will be allowed into the celestial city through his own good deeds, rather than the gift of God's grace. In the book, Christian meets up with him twice, twice, and tries to persuade him on the journey of the right way, get on the right path, a new and living way. And ignorance persists in his own way and thinks, I'll get to heaven on my own. And after getting to the river of death, after this long journey, both traveling the whole lives together, one on one path and one on another, he gets to the river of death on the ferry called Vain Hope. He takes this Vanity of Hope ferry, and he moves across the water. And as he gets to the end, they ask him, where's your scroll? And he said, I never got one. Because I never went the right way. See, we have to go through the wicked gate. We have to get on the king's way. <gasps> Do you know it says that in the book? We have to get on the king's way. And I'm here to say to you today that don't... That, that God wants to meet with you and the way he wants to meet with you is the same way he's always met with us. Through his body and his blood. Body shed for you, blood. And as we gather together, if you have the elements, I want you to just open them up, but I don't want you to take them right this second. Does anybody, does anybody need it? We've got somebody. Go ahead, Keith. Does ever, you know what? I need one. <laughs> Thank you. 
As we go before the Lord, uh, I'll just remind us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he took the bread and he lifted the bread and he broke his bread and he said to his disciples, this is my body broken for you. When you take this, remember me. And then he turned to all his disciples who must have been quite fearful, a bit confused. And he said, this is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sin, the blood of the new covenant. And as long as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you proclaim my life, my death, my resurrection until he comes. And so I want to pray for us. And I want to encourage you as we uh, sit and ponder what God has done for us, uh, Elaine and the team are going to sing a song over you. And I want you to ponder all that he's done for you. And then we'll gather back together and we'll take together. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the the gift of eternal life. Father, we thank you that you you did not uh, hold back your son from us. For God, you so loved the world that you gave Jesus to us that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, that we'll draw into your presence, God. And so, Lord, as we, as we take this time to celebrate again the Passover, that you have passed over our former sins, you have forgiven us and washed us clean, we worship you. We worship you, and we declare that you are risen.